the path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot more information that we can Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to the We Get Real AF podcast and our special career segment, Profesh Sesh. I'm Sue Robinson. And I'm Vanessa Alava. You asked and we listened. You wanted more support, more resources, and we are here with our talent specialist, Elisa Walters, every week covering all things career. That's right. I am so excited to be talking career development, growth, mentorship, all the good things. So let's dive in. If you would, please give our audience a little bit about your background and talk to us about how they can connect with you online. Sure, absolutely. As Vanessa and Sue said, I'm Elisa Walters. I am a talent specialist. And what that means is my primary role is as a senior recruiting partner for Viacom CBS, a global entertainment company. And I am also a career coach. So I offer tips on how to build your resume, if you're looking to pivot your career, and also if you are just looking to develop in your career and you're just not sure what to do. So I have an extensive background working with production companies, broadcasting, entertainment companies. And I actually started my career in broadcasting. Interviewing has always been a consistent thing. And I've just always been inspired by people and helping them just get to the next step in their career. So today's topic revolves around recruiting sites and which ones are the top ones that we should be looking at and searching for if we're in that position. So Elisa, take it away. I am so excited to talk about this topic. My top three favorite job posting sites for general that covers all of the gamut would be LinkedIn, Indeed, and Glassdoor. And today, I'm really going to focus on LinkedIn because that's my favorite. And there really is a lot to cover in LinkedIn, and it can just do so many amazing things. What are your recommendations as far as best practices for LinkedIn? Let's start there. Absolutely. You want to make sure that your bio is fleshed out, that you have your most recent and relevant experience. And then the general rule of thumb is have three to five bulleted points, like your resume. You want to be able to show what you're doing on your LinkedIn, not just telling somebody, hey, I would be a really great fit for this role. You want them to see that you've taken the time to flush out your profile and that you're serious about it. What is your advice when someone's connecting with you or trying to connect with you on LinkedIn for the first time? If you are connecting with me for the first time on LinkedIn, add a note. Because as I'm looking to see who my added, my requests are, those notes are going to grab my attention. I will say in reading people's notes, if you and I are connected to somebody that you don't know all that well, but we have this mutual connection, I would advise not throwing that into that initial contact. I'm a big fan of keeping it simple, brevity, and just being friendly. Thank you for connecting with me. Uh, I was really excited to see that you work for this company. Would you be open to me sending you my resume? And again, I think 
if you're going to reach out to that recruiter and send that message, be prepared to come with a potential job that you see. You know, oh, I saw that you're hiring for a producer position or a coordinator role, social media, whatever that might be, put that in there. That's more likely to catch my attention than that that in-mail message. When you are reaching out to, let's say, a recruiter, how is it viewed? Because I will say, even my thoughts on it is, initially I would maybe gun shy because you might be receiving so many of those requests from random people all the time. So what can someone do to make themselves stand out apart from making sure that their profile is up to par? And how do you not become a nuisance or get lost in the mix of everyone else? LinkedIn for a lot of recruiters and people in HR have essentially become an extension of their applicant tracking system. I want to specify this. A recruiter is very different from a headhunter. A recruiter works for an organization and recruits talent for specific roles that are open within the company, or they pipeline for roles that will open up. A headhunter is somebody who goes out and gets the job for you, helps you find the position. So a lot of times we have people reaching out that they want us to do the headhunting for them. And I will do a scan of the messages that I get, and I probably get somewhere between 30 to 100 messages every couple of days in my LinkedIn. And I will say that if somebody is not giving me a resume or telling me which job they're interested in within the company and telling me why they're a good fit, I really, unfortunately, I don't have the bandwidth and the time to pursue that conversation further. Unfortunately, that's the reality sometimes when you're carrying a rec load of, of 20 jobs. Of course. Mm-hmm. From the perspective of working one-on-one with individuals, aside from my role at Viacom CBS, I know what it's like to, speaking from you know the junior level experience, somebody who's getting their foot in the door and is so eager to do it, I try to put time aside to be able to have those conversations. I'm happy to provide that professional expertise and say, hey, you know, I'd love to keep the line of communication open. You never know what we might have down the line. But I'm also happy to give that advice and say, here are things that I I would suggest. If you know the companies that you are interested in, make sure you're doing your research on the company, looking at the types of roles that you want, and be realistic in what those roles are. So just to recap, I'm hearing you say it's it's a good idea to reach out to the recruiter if you're specific about the position that you're interested in and what you bring to the table. I know that you can also, in your LinkedIn profile, have people give you recommendations and endorsements. Are those important credits to gather when you start looking for a job? Do recruiters look at those? I have a love-hate relationship with referrals because I do think that a referral can be a bit biased. And it's subjective. I know that somebody's not going to put on their LinkedIn profile a bad recommendation. They're going to reach out to somebody who's going to give them a good review and good recommendation. But I also feel that there is value to it, especially at a more senior executive level. Executive recruiting is a whole different animal. A recruiter really has to go out and build those relationships with with executive level candidates. And so if I'm on LinkedIn and I'm looking for somebody at a VP or above level, yes, I'm going to scroll their entire LinkedIn profile and I'm going to see if people had any recommendations. Also, when you get to a level of that caliber, you may also not be on LinkedIn. You may, you know, your LinkedIn may not be as public. 
but I would say that it really depends on on the role, the level, but it's not something that my eye will go towards. It's not the first thing I look for. And just for um, a tip for our listeners, when you go onto LinkedIn, you can go to a company name and then you can click on people. And then when you look at people, or you can also click on um, job titles, I think, and that can help you find who is a recruiter for that company and identify at least somebody who's in that department, even if they're not exactly the job poster. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. And that is that is something that, you know, in, in looking for a role, if you're looking for, you see that Viacom CBS is hiring for a product manager role, you could put in Viacom CBS and you can, to your point, Sue, click on people and you'll see everybody who, who works there. And you can even put in Viacom CBS recruiter, look in people, and you'll see talent acquisition folks who should pop up. So I have a question regarding going the step further. Should you or should you not? Because there are times where the job description actually says reporting into such and such position. Well, clearly you can look up that such and such position and see who's filling that at Viacom at that time or whatever company you're looking at. So do you or don't you try to connect with that person and engage that person? I would say yes. I would say build that relationship. The worst that can happen is that that person doesn't answer or that person doesn't accept your request. We're in a very different landscape where everything is remote. So that idea of you have to get creative in how you network with people and how you continue to build on those relationships because going to coffee isn't as easy now. So Mm -hmm. it might be, hey, I, I see that this role reports into you. I'm very excited about it. I have the qualifications that match exactly what you're looking for. I'd love to, Would do you have some time to do a virtual coffee or something like that? So it's, it's and that's not always an easy thing for people to do. Not everybody is as necessarily outgoing or extroverted in that sense to be proactive like that. But you have to be when it comes to your job search. It may be the thing that makes you stand out, right? Right. When you're trying to, you're, again, you're flooded with up to 100 emails every couple of days. So maybe that's the one thing that sets you apart. So interesting. Right. So I have a question then about the algorithms that resumes go through when you apply to a company. If I apply through LinkedIn, you know how it will take you to that company's portal and you can fill out the application, then are you hitting an algorithm before the HR people see your, the recruiter see your resume? And and if that is the case, what are some tips and tricks to make it through that firewall? If there is a job that you are really excited about and your resume is in line with the needs, try adding those words from the job description, using some of those key buzzwords and framing your resume from your most recent experiences to reflect what that job description says. And there really is something to be said about tailoring your resume to each role that you apply for. Yes, it can be time-consuming initially, but if this is the role that you want, you have to do what you have to do to be a standout applicant. That leads me into my next question because I always get like the cover letter is important. Is the cover letter still important in today's day and age with all of the other connecting going on? Uh, within these social media platforms? And two, 
how do you just like, again, is it a generic cover letter or to your point, do you tailor it to each and every individual position or role that you would be sending out for? For me personally, I don't think a cover letter has ever got me a job. I would say that your resume can stand on its own. And if you're doing the, the, the work of making sure that your resume is a, you're showing what you're capable of, pulling out metrics and data. If you're working in a role that is really data-driven, specifically pointing to specific data points that have made you successful in that role. That's where I'm a big fan of show, don't tell in your resume. But to your point about cover letters, me personally, I am not a fan. I don't read cover letters. I'm sorry. You know, it's really interesting you say that because I've gotten in this rabbit hole of things like in the past when I've applied where it's the cover letter rabbit hole. And then there's also when you're applying directly through a company's website where you're already uploading your resume, but then Mm -hmm. they're asking you, all of the pieces of information that your resume has. So it's double the work. I'm very pragmatic in the way I think, and Sue is as well. So it's very interesting you're saying this because I just think it's a complete time suck and obviously waste of time if they're not reading the damn cover letter. (laughs) Right. But are you penalized if there's a place for a cover letter and you didn't fill it out? I don't think so. Okay. Mm. From the application side of things, speaking specifically to my current role, Yes, there's a place to upload a, a cover letter, but how I'm seeing it from an internal standpoint, it is not front and center. It is not the thing that I'm looking at. One other question about this, which is, is does the early bird get the worm? Like, is it important to be one of the first 10 applicants because after that, the recruiter is just swamped and they're not going to get to you? I mean, is there some some place, some, some cutoff point after which you know, mm, I'm kind of late to the game here? Yes, When a job opens, you have to understand that there's probably been a lot of things that have happened from when that job got approved internally to when that job gets posted and opened up. So there's probably a need to move pretty quickly on it. That should not deter you from still applying for that position because a resume may not have come in for a while. And if I see that I have two new applica- applications from two weeks ago, let me check them out. Let me see what this person brings to the table. And if, if they have a stronger set of skills than those, you know, those current applicants or current an- candidates in the, in the mix. So I don't want people to be discouraged from applying for roles, but the earlier, the better. So anything that has maybe like a 30 plus, because I know LinkedIn has like that length of time that uh, role has been on. Those are stale, move on to the next thing if you're going to invest the time, unless it's something you really, 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 really want. Yeah. And it may be that if a role is open for 30 plus days, that might be the prime time to apply to that position because the candidates that are in the mix may not be hitting the mark for whatever reason. Interesting, because I always thought, you know what, they've forgotten to take this down. <laughs> like, no. They've they got so many other things going on that this is just kind of one of those things that's lost in the shuffle. My experience in my current role and previous positions that I've held is that we have a partnership with LinkedIn. The company has a partnership with LinkedIn. So when a role gets open within our system, those roles will automatically be added to LinkedIn. So when a role gets closed, it'll be taken off of LinkedIn. It's a very, very automated workflow. So if you are looking for a job and you don't know where to start, 
start with LinkedIn. In doing so, before you do anything, make sure that your own profile is flushed out and represents your professional brand identity. Make sure that you have your most relevant experiences, making sure that underneath each position that you've held, you're posting three different bullet points of of what you did in the position or currently do in the role. Look for jobs in LinkedIn using the jobs feature. You can break that down to the type of position that you want to look for, the location. And then if you're ready to take it a step further and you want to try to get your resume in front of somebody, look for somebody on the talent acquisition team for that company you're looking to target or the HR team that you're looking to target and feel free to reach out to them. Do it in a very professional way. Be mindful of their time. So come prepared with what you are looking to go after. And if you don't hear back, sure, follow up once or twice. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. And we want to give a special thanks to Florence Lumsden, our associate producer for the We Get Real AF podcast. You can find Flo on LinkedIn at Florence Lumsden, L-U-M-S-D-E-N, or at her website, danceandflowproductions.com. That's D-A-N-C-I-N-F-L-O Productions. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women. 